over the, the sermon portion of the service. And this past week, y'all as a church have been gracious and supported us in going to, to Mission Arlington. And um, some of you may not know a lot about Mission Arlington. What I can tell you is their goal is to preach the gospel to anyone that will listen. And that's through, uh, through puppets, through crafts with kids, through delivering furniture, through medical um, this past week alone, we weren't the only church there. Um, we ministered to over 5,000 different children alone in Arlington and the Grand Prairie area, and for sure over 175 that came to know Christ as their Savior. Um, so, so God is doing big things. Um, I've asked some of the students to come and share. Some of them for sure are going to come and share. Some of them want to throw up right now, um, so they're not going to probably share, um, but if you'll give them grace, they'll, they'll come and share. But we're going to start with, with Trinity because he was one for sure. Yes, sir. Use the mic. All right. So uh, one thing that stood out to me uh, at the mission was um, the smiles that we put on their face when we brought out the puppets and the songs and the dancing and stuff. Um, we, they would get super excited about that, and we love to see the smiles on their face and um, just to share the gospel with them and through song it was a blessing uh, just because they weren't doing it for us. We weren't doing it for them. We were doing it for them, but we were doing it for God mostly, and um, we just got to share it with them and through song and also through Bible stories. I got to share one of the Bible stories that was a story of Lazarus and how Jesus brought him back to life. And um, yeah, that, um, they, they had a bunch of smiles on their face. They were super excited. So I love to see that. So. Is this thing on? Well, every morning and every afternoon, uh, I was a rec helper, and basically between crafts and Bible story, rec was supposed to get the kids active, but I helped them by sometimes explaining the rules and I got to play with them, so that was a perk. <laughs> and I think that in the end, we all had a good time. But next year, if I go, which I probably won't, <laughs> but if I go next year. That's just year, because he's moving to Alaska. That's the only reason he wouldn't go. Then Let's just throw that I'm in there. I'm certainly going to help with rec again because that was a great experience for me. Uh, okay, I don't like doing this, but uh, probably my favorite thing was whenever we would go to the door after the first day. And um, we would knock on the door, and it wouldn't be their parents opening the door. It would be them, and you'd just see their uh, smiles on their face, and you can tell that they actually wanted to be there. And then probably the saddest thing is the last day, 
in the morning, um, me, it was Trinity, and I think Alyssa, and we were walking back, one kid that was really energetic and um, happy, and he loved being there. He was talking about the day, and then he asked, uh, and we told him that we were going to be able to come back tomorrow because we were leaving. And you can just tell, like, he instantly went from being happy, energetic, and really sad to, like, almost crying, saying, what, 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 and stuttering, and just, just, it just got sad. We were all just like, dang, and it made me realize how much what we did actually meant to the kids. Hi. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's loud. Um, my favorite thing, like my highlight, would have probably been um, I got to share one of the stories about the, um, when Jesus healed the blind man. And I remember just looking up a couple times at the children, like as I was speaking and showing them. And looking up, you know there's some kids that are just like out of it. Like they don't even understand anything, and they're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, when can this end? But there's there's some of them that just look and they have this intent on their face and you can tell that they're actually getting it and they understand everything and that's just that's why we go to these missions because of the kids like that even if it's just one or two just seeing that that they actually they're getting the word and they're understanding it and they're growing like that's the whole reason that we do these things. It's not just to go out there and go play and have a good time. Like, oh, yeah, I went to the mission trip. It was fun. And, but actually seeing kids grow, that's, that's why we go. And that's why it's so much fun to get to see the kids. And they're like, actually, like, you tell them, like, well, what'd you learn? And they actually say, they're like, oh, yeah, learn about when the blind man healed, G or Jesus when, when he healed the blind man. I'm just like, you remembered that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that was probably my best highlight. That was really fun. Um, okay, so... <laughs> So one of the highlights was on, on the last day, I met this kid named Yuram, and we walked up to his house, and his mom was like, I have a kid who has special needs, and he would like really like to come. So I, we all said yes, of course, we weren't going to say no, and it was my job to take care of him. So I followed him around, I rolled on the grass with him, we played horse, we swimmed in the grass, and <laughs> we played with puppets. And it was just really exciting to watch him like light up when we got to come and just to see him smile. And I was really shocked that his mom was asking if he could come, like, like we weren't going to let him come at all. So yeah, that was an experience that I really enjoyed because my cousin who passed away had special needs. So it was really good to be able to experience that with him like I didn't get to do with my cousin. Well, if you have your Bible, you can open up to Matthew chapter 5, and I'll tell you, one of my, probably my funniest stories that, of this trip this week was, was Caleb talked about going door to door, and 
<clears throat> Caleb went to one of the doors, and our afternoon session was an all-Hispanic congregation. So that means, for the most part, all the kids speak English and Spanish, and all the parents and grandparents speak Spanish. So Caleb goes to knock on this door, and this abuela, this grandmother, answers, and Timmy starts talking. She's like, she doesn't understand Timmy at all, but she sees Caleb, and her eyes just light up. And she just starts going full blast in Spanish. I mean, 100 miles an hour, full blast. And Caleb, Caleb doesn't speak any Spanish. So he, <laughs> Caleb had the same look that Timmy had. And he just, the kid got to come, but <laughs> she didn't answer the door again, though. <laughs> um, but uh, seriously, thank you so much for your prayers. Um, you know, I'm, I've realized, you know, you think you're young and you, you feel young. And then you say, hey, we're going to go to a concert Saturday night. And then we're going to leave the next day. Um, and sleep on an air mattress for five nights. Yeah, I'm not as young as I used to be. Uh, so, so but, but thank you for all your prayer and support. It was a great time that we got to, to be a part of and to, to bring God glory by, by bringing the gospel. And so I thought I would get the privilege of sharing tonight, and I just want to share um, our vision as a youth ministry because I think it relates to, to everyone in this room. So I'm going to share our, our, our main theme verse with you. And it's found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And it says this. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to, to come and worship you freely. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just be with us as we dive into your word, Father. I pray that you just speak through me. Um, Lord, just get all the distractions out of the way, including myself, Father. Um, Lord, may you just be glorified and honored in all that, that we do and say. We love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. So I got to thinking, I said, you know, here we're called as Christians, if, if we're claiming we're Christians, we're called to be a light. And I said, what is the purpose of a light? Because see, we use light, but, but here he talks about hiding a light. And I think for, for most Christians in today's society, we tend to be the ones that are hiding that light. You know, we're being too quiet when we should actually speak up. We're going along with the crowd. We're denying the truth. You know, we're letting sin dim our witness for Christ or we're not explaining the truth to others, and we're ignoring those needs. And I got to thinking, man, that, that is most of our churches these days, because we're so, if we could just fit in and go with the flow, and, and in our daily lives, if I can just wake up, and if I just make it through another day in life, I'll be good. If I can just make it through um, exams week this week, or if I can just get through the star testing this week, or um, man, we have a staff meeting tomorrow. If I can just get through that staff meeting tomorrow, the rest of the week will be fine. Um, but see, as Christians, we're called to shine before others. Our very existence as light is we are to illuminate. We're to help show others what to do and where to go. And we see a lot of churches are scared to talk about it. You don't hear the, the preaching about sin anymore because no one likes to tell people they're doing wrong. Instead, they have those itchy ears where they like to, to hear things that make them feel, feel great about themselves. But we see that, that we're called to, to be a light, and he speaks that. Um, and he goes on to talk about through our good works, and he says, but according to the Bible, it's been dressed, we're through in our good works. 
um, and it's able to give God the glory. It's not about bringing glory to Jason. It's not about bringing glory to our student ministry. It's not about bringing glory to, to Woodland Hills, but it's about bringing glory to God our Father. Uh, James goes on and talks about, says, you know, we, we, a lot of times we talk about works, and people, especially, I think, Baptists don't really like works, to talk about works, but I don't, I don't know why that is. But, but we see in James, it says, but be doers of the word and not just hearers, deceiving yourself. And also we look, and we can go look even further, and we see the Great Commission and Jesus telling them, go and make disciples, you know, baptizing them, teaching them. And so, so we have all these commands. We're saying, hey, don't just hear this word. You've got to put it in action. Be a doer of the word. But how do we do that? I mean, how, to, how do we be that light? And I think there's, there's only two things I'm going to show you. So I'm going to give you all a break. I know this morning... Um, Brother Charles gave y'all supposedly three points, but 34 sub points and all that and 20 pages of notes. I've got like four pages of notes, so we're good. Um, the first thing I think is as a light, you have to be ready. 1 Peter 3.15 puts it like this. He says, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect. And the question is simple. Are you prepared to give a defense of your hope? You know, when people see you, do they see what Christ has done in your life? And are you able to answer them, hey, this is what Christ has done in my life. This is why I have the hope that I have today, because I don't deserve hope. I was dead. It didn't matter what I did wrong. I was dead in sin. But Christ came, and he died for me, and now I have life, not because of anything Jason did, but because of the hope that we have in Christ. And we see that, and we see that, that <clears throat> we go back to James, and, and James being a doer of the word, and you know, you, you look at my generation, I'm technically on the top end of a millennial, and you look at Generation Z, and, and we see that they want the truth, but here's the deal, they want to see that you back it up. There's an old saying, you always got to practice what you preach, because talk is cheap, especially to, to our students, especially to our children. If, you know, if I tell Isabel that I'm going to play with her today, and I don't, she remembers that. She's upset because I didn't play with her because my words are cheap if I don't back it up, and, and we see that. Um, people want to see you practice what you preach. One example of that this week, um, we got the lovely privilege of surprising some of these restaurants with 20 teenagers and, and three adults. And <clears throat> we, were at, we were at CeCe's, and, and I remember, you know, we're going through, and CeCe's is cheap, and you get to eat a lot, so that's a youth establishment. Um, we, we were there, and we all, we all sat near each other, and one of our students, I believe it was actually Kelsey, prayed for our meal. Um, and we just went on about our business, got our buffet, did that. And then a moment later, a little while later, after a while, this, this older gentleman came up to, I believe it was, James, was it you? Or no, it was, it was Kaylee, actually. And he actually requested prayer from us because he saw who we were. He saw how we were living, and, and he was about to have surgery. I believe his name was, like, Bob. It was a very generic name. Um, but his name was Bob, and he was about to have this eye surgery, and he asked our group to pray with him because of the way that our light was shining at CC's. 
because he saw Christ through our students and everything. He knew, hey, something's different about this group because he could have gone to, there was other groups in there. He didn't go to any of them, but he sold that moment to pray. So we have to be a doer of the word. Paul told Timothy, and, and he was counseling Timothy, and you see in 2 Timothy 4 too, he told him, preach the word in season and out of season. He's saying, make the most of your time. You know, your time is very short. Some days it feels like an eternity, but then other days you wake up and you realize your time on this earth is almost gone. And he's saying, we've got to make the most in every opportunity. You know, in the workplace, in, in our classrooms, in the gym, in the grocery store, wherever you are, are people seeing your passion for Christ? If you're in the, the dance studio, and, and dance moms, please remember, dance dads have to be in that room too. So thank you. Um, if you've ever been in one of those, you'll understand. Um, it's a different place. Um, but does your life reflect that, that passion? Um, Isabel started dancing this, this fall, and, and I love it because you can see she's excited about it. And the reason I know she's excited about it is because she's always dancing. Like when we go on Sunday mornings, to, she'll, she'll come early and she'll want to see the big kids or on Wednesday nights, and we have some some bells in our group, and she'll, she'll want to show them her new moves because this is something she's passionate about. You know, she's, she's excited to show them about. It's the same thing with Christmas with her. When she opens those presents, the first thing she does is she wants to tell people everything she got, and I got this, and I got this, and I got that, and she has that passion. It's the same way that we should be about Christ. We should have this, this passion, this zeal that says, you're lost and dying and you're going to hell, but there's a way out of it. There's this guy who loves you, who gave his life for you. He did everything. He took your place on a cross so that you could have eternal life with him. You don't have to stay dead, but do we have that passion? Um, the, the second thing I want you to know, see, we're already on point two. It says, know that you're not alone. We're not alone in this. We don't have to, to be this light and think we have to do it all by ourselves. Um, John chapter 14 and verse 25, Jesus is speaking to him. He says, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. See, God has given us and helper. God has given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to, to help equip us, to help um, bring back our remembrance so that we can be that light to people around us. Um, I was looking at it and said some theologians use the term illumination to describe the Holy Spirit's process of helping believers understand Scripture. Um, it says, without God, sinful people are unable to recognize and obey divine truths, um, but when a person is reborn, the Holy Spirit helps the person to see God's Word with the eyes of faith and love. Um, we have to be able to see people through God's eyes. That, that's the key. If we, can, if we can fix our eyes on Jesus, we're able to, to see people how they are, and they're, they're hungry, and they're lost, and they're needing a Savior, and they're needing God, and we're able to see that. Um, one of my, my favorite Old Testament stories that we talked about this morning even was uh, was David and Goliath. And I, I, I love the story of David and Goliath. I think every little boy 
should love the story of David and Goliath because I was always the, you know, the underdog. March Madness is going on right now. We just had our first ever 16 seed beat the one seed. It's never happened in all of college basketball history. So we love an underdog. Um, but I love David's confidence because David's confidence was never in himself. When we read through the story of David and Goliath, David's confidence was never in himself. David's faith was never in himself saying, I've got this. I've got this under control. David's confidence was because he knew who his God was, and he knew that God would deliver David. David said, I've been prepared for this all my life. When I was a shepherd boy, I had lions and I had bears come. Guess what? I, I killed them because of who God was. And now that I have this Philistine and he's blaspheming God. Guess what? God's going to deliver me from him too, and I'm going to take care of him too. Because um, see, David's faith wasn't in himself. And we have to understand that too as Christians. We don't, we don't have faith in ourselves. We have faith and we have confidence in God knowing that he's doing a work um, and we just get to be a participant in it. And we get to, to partake in this, and, and we try and, and just stand out of the way and not screw it up. Um, you know, uh, the, the last scripture I want to share with you is, is Psalm 100. It's probably my, my favorite psalm that I love, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, but on verse 3, I, I love this verse because for me, I need to be remembered, reminded so much of this. It says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know, for me, I need to be reminded that I'm not my own. I don't get to make my own decisions in life. I don't, I don't get to just, just do what I want. But I got to know that the Lord is he who is God. You know, it's he who made us. I'm not the creator. I'm part of creation. And a lot of times we tend to, to worship creation instead of the creator. And we, we need to fix our eyes on the creator. We need to understand that it's he who made us. And it closes, Psalm 100 closes by saying this. It says, For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. I'm here to tell you that the Lord is good. He's faithful to all generations. I, I promise you we can go around this room and testify of God's faithfulness in each generation here. For me and my family, I can tell you with, with Charlie and all that we've gone through and the, the battles we face and the discussions I've had with God one-on-one -on -one saying, why is this happening? And understand, God has always been by my side. He's always been faithful. And he is always going to be faithful. He always will be faithful. His, his faithfulness will never waver. And we need to understand that. So when we're trying to be a light, we have to be prepared. We have to be, be ready to, to be that light. And that means we've got to get in God's word. We've got to have that relationship with him. If you don't have that communication with God, how can you say you have a relationship with him? You know, even, it says even the demons know his name. They know his scripture and they, they, they shudder at it because they're afraid of it. But we have to have that relationship with God first off. You have that relationship, and you know that you're not in this battle alone. You know that, that God is there with you. He sent you a helper, the Holy Spirit, who's, who's there to, to help guide us and to, to bring us God's word through that. And we already know the outcome of the battle. We may go through some battles. You're going to go through battles in life. Nowhere does the Bible say, hey, if you ever follow me, I promise you I'll make your life the easiest thing you've ever done. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that. I wish it did. I would love, 
I'm the lazy child, so I would love an easy life, okay? And if I said, man, if I say this prayer tonight and accept Christ as my Savior, I can coast the rest of life. It doesn't happen like that. But he says, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He says, I can, I've done it. I'll get you through this. And I want you to be a light to those that, that need to be a light. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, for who you are. Thank you for being a, a God that is faithful. Thank you for being a God that is loving and willing to send your son to die on a cross for us, Father. 